Hey everyone, I am Sambal Siddiqui, Mayor of Cambridge. I'm Alana Mallon, Vice Mayor, and this is our podcast, Women Are Here. Hello. Uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday. I know it's so sunny out and... Um, but it's cold. It's You know what? I don't mind if it's cold, if it's sunny. That's true. That's true. When it's like cold and gloomy and rainy, like, no, thank you. I like the rain because your tears just melt in, you know? <laughs> well, you must have liked it. Was it last night that it was pouring rain? Yep, I did. I left City Hall pretty late and there were no tears, but... <laughs> um, you were all tied up. Yeah, yeah. But this has been a hard week. Yes. Um, you know, we've talked about this, but just everything that's happened in Atlanta, um, you know, reading about the victims um, has just, you know, I've, I've just been so sad and angry um, at the hate and the, the this white, you know, supremacist um, violence that's been taking place, you know, not just from, you know, this incident, but it's been such a, it's just ongoing. Um, and it's, you know, in this particular instance, just the sexism, the misogyny, all of it, um, it's just really uh, seeing what happened. These eight people died, six were women, um, Asian descent, you know, in Atlanta. Uh, I, I, I really have no words, you know, so that's been in the back of my mind, just thinking about that all week and thinking about just all of the incidences um, that have occurred this last year, prior to last year, but especially this year, yeah, um, and all the hate crimes. It's truly, truly, uh, it's just awful. And I don't feel like they necessarily get the coverage that they deserve, some of these hate crimes. I mean, I've been watching them pop up. Just It just feels like constantly, and there was a report that came out this week just talking about the level of hate crimes against uh, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the past year. And it's horrifying. And then to have it culminate in, you know, this week's violence against these Asian American women um, at the hands of a, a white supremacist misogynist, um, it's terrifying. And I, I, my heart goes out to the entire AAPI community um, because I think that whole community has really been watching the news over the last year, just every day with their, just a heavy heart and, and a lot of fear and anger. Um, and I, I mean, I really share this, this anger and fear uh, uh, for that community because it's so, it's awful what's happening. Um, and it just, it has been a really hard week. And I, I just thought, you know, watched so many of my friends um, posting on social media, just heartbroken, just mm -hmm. heartbroken. Yeah, I mean, the Pew Research Center said three in 10 Asian Americans, you know, they're reporting having experienced racial slurs or racial racist jokes since the beginning of the pandemic. That's um, 30%. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It's alarming. It's just so alarming. So I saw that you put out a really nice statement um, this week, standing yeah. in solidarity. And I know you have something on the agenda for Monday night, um, a resolution. Yeah, yeah, and you're on it too, you know, just really, it, I, I wish we could have organized some kind of vigil. Um, I had friends that do that in New York, um, but, you know, I felt like having a resolution, you know, was important and 
you know, sharing resources to, to community members, some of whom have reached out, you know, and said, you know, is there anything we can, that can happen, anything we can do? And I've shared just organizations to donate to um, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but, you know, I'll be tweeting out more um, over the weekend and sharing in my newsletter too for next week, any of the any more resources um, around that. Yeah, my whole newsletter this week was dedicated to sharing information and resources, especially around how to talk to your kids. Yeah. Because um, I think those are conversations that need to really start happening if they're not already um, around AAPI uh, hate crimes and, and you know, what kids need to do if, if they are witnessing it, right? If, if three in 10 Asian Americans are experiencing this, you know, kids are too. And it's up to all of our kids to really ensure that that just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that's been, it's, you know, the pandemic has been really hard for in so many ways. And every day you're reminded that the pandemic is hard for, you know, certain vulnerable groups for um, many, for, for a lot of reasons. And this certainly um, is one of them. <laughs> and our former president just stoked that fire. And unfortunately, the we're still feeling that that heat. Yeah. Well, on to some brighter topics. Um, I heard you went out to dinner last night. Was it last night? No, it was Wednesday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Wednesday night. Um, yeah, tried Tallulah. I, that place looks so cute with the little tents. Did you eat in one of those little yeah, yeah, we ate in this greenhouse. So that was really nice. And the food so wait, tell cool. me about, okay, so it looks cute. Is there enough room inside? They look really small. No, it's so cute. It's like a little house. I was Aww. like, oh, I could live here. And they have um, fun lighting and stuff. Yeah, it's fun lighting. There's a little heat space heater uh, in there. It's, it was toasty. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, the food was great. I love their pasta. Um, they had some good sides and yeah, the, I, I was so full by the end. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> roll me out of here. <laughs> yeah. Roll me out of here. Can I sleep in the tent? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Danielle was really nice. She's one of the owners and, um, they were Tula, They were our food heroes. Oh, that's so, right. So, um, they're, you know, they're so cute. Uh, it was a really nice experience. So I definitely recommend to folks, and if you can't get a reservation online, I would just call and see if they have a greenhouse available. And usually they they do. Oh, okay. All right. That's good to know. I every time I go by, I'm like, oh, I gotta do, I gotta do that. It looks yeah. so cute. I gotta do it before they come down. Um, well, it's nice that you were able to find a safe way to be out to eat and enjoying. I'm glad you're doing some like things for yourself. I feel like every time I talk to you, you're just at City Hall. Yeah, like right now on a Friday. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, no, it was good. How about you? Did you go anywhere? Um, I actually, it's funny. We um, got takeout yesterday twice, once for lunch, once for dinner. And um, we, Pammy's on um, Mass Ave, you know, in between Harvard Square yeah. and Central Square, they do an amazing takeout. They have like Italian. So we had a meatball sub and chicken Parmesan. It, it was hmm. delicious, delicious, delicious. I can, I cannot more highly recommend Pammy's for takeout, especially those two items. So um, make it happen because um, I love that restaurant and I want them, I want them to be able to stick around. 
Yeah, did you also go to that? Where else was the takeout place? Well, I went to that new taco place on Cambridge Street across from the King Open School. Oh, it used to be that Korean place. Yes, it was so good. Okay. By the way, delicious, delicious. Um, good guacamole, good chips, um, re- really reasonable prices, really nice people. Um, I'm try this week. You, oh, yeah? Weekend, maybe. Yeah, do it. Hey, you have all weekend. There's so many meals to have. <laughs> um, yeah, so I tried both of those places. I would encourage our listeners to do as well. Um, one thing I did want to get out of the way for you and others um, to tell you about some weekend stalking that you could do. Um, so filming in Cambridgeport, the movie The Tender Bar um, is filming today with a setup through Thursday and a breakdown on Monday, March 29th. The filming is taking place on Rockingham Street and Henry Street. Um, there's going to be parking impacts on Rockingham, Henry, Brookline, and Hastings, which is, you know, right where I live. Um, and so, yeah. Wait, who are, am I stalking? Huh? Who, who's in it that I'm stalking? So it's George Clooney. <gasps> and... Ben Affleck. Oh my God. Yeah. So you know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> and tomorrow. I, people who know me, okay, I love celebrities. I'm obsessed. Oh my God. Those are big time celebs too. That's like yeah. A-list. You know, I actually texted Mark McGovern. <laughs> <laughs> and hey. I said, hey. No, I didn't. Even, I, I, I literally texted him and said, hey, Mark, hope you're having a good Friday. Like, you know, how do we see George Clooney and Ben Affleck? <laughs> and he was like, I reached out to Ben. I haven't heard back. I'll let you know. I was like, thank you. Oh, my God. Imagine. Imagine. I'm like, you know, why don't you want to meet the mayor or the vice mayor? Come on. Come on. Right, right, right. Like, I'm an attorney, too, like your wife. <laughs> you you <like>, know? Oh. <laughs> well, you live right around the corner. You could just, like, invite them over for a socially distanced drink in your backyard. That'll Literally, totally happen. I, I honestly, I'm going to just be walking around <laughs> that neighborhood <laughs> and, and just be there. So well, you're text me if you, if you run across George Clooney. Um, hundred percent. Like I've been like, I love meeting celebrities. Like it's my favorite thing. It happens rarely, but. What if you just go into black, black sheep bagels and there's like Ben Affleck. Oh my gosh. I would die. I don't even, I don't care about him as much. Right. Like he's, he's, you know, I'd love to meet him, but like George Clooney, I'm like, oh my gosh. Huh? That's my ultimate. He's just. He's, he's beautiful. This podcast has gone off the rails. I know we're literally like, (laughs) gosh, look at us. Okay. So we do have some serious stuff to talk about. I did want to get also mentioned that, you know, our, my office has put um, 121 white flags on city hall lawn to really mark the one year anniversary since COVID really began hitting um, our community um, and, and, you know, nationally in the world um and you know, really just to commemorate our the lives you know lost um, we know that our residents it's not just these residents these 121 residents so many of residents um have been affected um they may know 
you know, they may have family members who lived elsewhere who, who passed away. It's just been, it's been a hard year. So we're also in conjunction displaying a commemorative quilt at the main library that was made from over 50,000 masks stitched together by local Stitch Lounge. Gather here, shout out to Gather yep. Here um, and the Boston Area Mask Initiative. So, uh, you know, it's kind of been traveling um, and it's at the main library um, uh, right now. And so we just want to shout out the, um, you know, the Boston Area Mask Initiative and Virginia and, you know, also East, you know, Cambridge uh business association and jason for helping make that possible yeah so gather here in the boston area mask initiative um during the early days of the pandemic that was the only way we were able to get masks to people do you remember yeah. we we're like dragging yeah. them around and um they actually sewed over a thousand kids masks for our yep. distribution sites and so they were an incredible resource like it is amazing to see the quilt. I saw it um, in the in the window, but it's just the scraps of all of the masks that were made. Um, over fifty thousand masks. It's just a really, it's a really powerful commemorative quilt and visual memory of of those yeah. early days of the pandemic. So, great job, gather here in Boston area mask initiative. Um, I look forward to. Um, it's it's. I think the last stop of the um, of the train is in my hometown, Brockton, Mass. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to go down, see it there at the Fuller Museum. Definitely. Okay, so Monday night we had a meeting, a city council meeting, and we got some COVID updates. Um, we continue to do seven days a week COVID testing. And um, we, from March 1st to the 15th, over 12,000 tests have been administered at these sites, which is really incredible, the amount of tests that we continue to do. Um, so those are all still happening seven days a week, but I think next, we keep hearing that possibly if we get a vaccine site, those will transition. So, you know, keep an eye on that. Also what happened last week, the Commonwealth announced that dates, um, dates for all of the remaining residents and certain worker groups will be eligible when they'll be eligible for a vaccine. So if you haven't pre-registered uh, with the state, you should do that right now. Go onto your computer and um, go to mass.gov slash COVID vaccine. You can pre-register. Um, you just put in all of your information. It will determine your eligibility and then appointments will be offered once your eligibility uh, group comes up. What happens is there's a great boston.com article about this um, that I've posted in a number of places I can again but you um, will get an individualized link sent to your email um, that you can use to actually register for your appointment. So it's no more of this like going on and, and the Hunger Games type of vaccine appointment making that will start. Um, actually, they transitioned the sites over yesterday around three o'clock because we were trying to make uh, vaccine appointments for residents and three o'clock all of a sudden everything shut down. So. Um, that looks like that's starting very soon. So if you haven't pre-registered, definitely go to mass.gov slash COVID vaccine and do it right away. You can do it for everybody in your family. Um, so the timeline for the remaining groups, if in case you haven't heard, March 22nd, which is Monday, uh, is resident 60 plus and then those essential workers. So um, if you are wondering if you're in that list, it is in the pre-registration site. And then on April 5th, residents 55 plus and residents with one certain medical condition. So it's no longer the two comorbidities, there'll be one. 
And then April 19th, the general public ages 16 years of age and older will be eligible. So if you're curious about those full, that full timeline, that's at mass.gov slash COVID vaccine phases. Um, and then I think the, the last thing that was the update from the state was that the Commonwealth is advancing to phase four, step two. The, go the governor announced that Monday um, will advance to that phase on Monday the 22nd. So if you're curious about that, you can go on to uh, mass, the mass uh, site. And um, I'm just, <laughs> my, I'm, my train of thought is, anyways, take it away, Sumble. <laughs> and and the, there's going to be a new travel um, advisory now instead of a travel order for starting Monday. So it'll just say that um, any person coming to Massachusetts are they're advised to quarantine for 10 days upon their arrival if they've been out of the state for 24 hours or more. Um, it doesn't apply to anyone. There's a few categories. You know, if you have a negative test, if you know you're a worker performing essential work, um, and if you've been fully vaccinated. Um, and I meant to tell you this, but my brother and his wife are going to come with my nephew. <gasps> um, when? In uh, mid-April. Oh my God, so, that's so cute. That's so soon. Yeah. And by then my mom and dad will have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated. And my brother and his wife were able to get vaccinated in Texas. Oh, that's great. <laughs> So I'm going to be the only person not vaccinated. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so I was, they were like, oh God, do we need a quarantine and all do those things? I was like, y'all are going to be fully vaccinated. So you guys are good. So that's another update to the travel advisory, uh, the travel order. If you're fully vaccinated, um, you're, you're fine. So those are the big updates. Um, there's probably going to be more updates coming up. It changes every week is like every other day. It's like, oh, this new change, this new change. So who knows? I know everybody has whiplash. It's whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> so some of the other updates we got from the city manager for more local news is that um, early race and ethnicity data is showing that black and Latinx residents in Cambridge have a slightly higher vaccine uptake rate than these communities statewide. Um, so that's really interesting to me. Uh, I think um, those those numbers are available online, but it was I was excited to see that we actually have a better a better track record than the rest of the state. The other thing that um, happened last week was the Cambridge Health Alliance actually had doses of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and they offered them to the uh, Cambridge Public Schools staff but that the primarily were the cafeteria workers, the bus drivers on a first come first serve basis. And I was so thrilled that um, those hundred doses went to the food and nutrition team, the custodial team, the yeah. bus drivers, because I will tell you, they were out there every, for like day one, right. March right. 16th, they were on site, they were making food, they were driving it around, they were cleaning the schools in the kitchen. You know, these were, these departments were really hard hit by COVID. Um, mm -hmm especially in those early days. And it was, I, I have never been more like, I was so thrilled and like relieved that those right. folks actually all now are vaccinated and safe. And um, it's been a long haul uh, for those particular departments. I was so glad that the school department prioritized them to get those Johnson and Johnson shots. Although I heard they just knocked everybody out. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. Yeah, like the Johnson and Johnson shot is like blammo. 
like 24 hours of like really, really tough stuff. And then it's over. And then 28 days later, you're back. Like you, you're done. You don't have to go back for a second shot. Just amazing. Right. It's amazing. Um, that's awesome. We had, what else did, what else came up on, uh, um, we talked to, uh, you know, we talk like we do every week about why Cambridge doesn't have a site, a regional site. And, you know, it just really sounds like there's a regional collaborative that is being worked on through the Cambridge Public Health Department and some local communities. And that um, hopefully we will hear more news on that very soon. Um, but we don't have any to share right now. It's just, I feel like every week it's like we're about to share some news, but then we don't. So. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it's going to be based in Somerville and not in Cambridge. And I, you know, I think we're still trying to figure out how do we have something in Cambridge, actually. So let's see. Hopefully, um, more news on that. Uh, we also kind of went over updates. Um, the regional parking permits, residential parking permits, are being extended through May 31st. Um, and the library is continuing to offer contact less full pickups and is going to begin making deliveries to homebound residents starting in April as they work to develop a reopening plan. I know you've asked for a timeline um, on this for Monday's meeting. So hopefully we get more details. Yeah, and the, the libraries have not been open. I think the, my question was essentially, the libraries have not been open for browsing for 365 days. Um, and at the same time, Border Square Books, Harvard Bookstore, all of the bookstores have been open and it really creates an equity gap, you know, in, in accessing reading materials. And it's critical for us to even open the doors just for, you know, I'm, no one's suggesting that you go over capacity limits, but how to do browsing safely, especially for our youngest learners and our youngest readers. It's just so critical for them to have new material um, to keep those those learning skills and, and continue to learn to read. So, um, yeah, I asked for an update on Monday night. So hopefully we get to hear about that. One of the biggest things that we talked about on Monday night was um, a plan to rezone 26 acres in the Alewife quadrangle. This was a petition I think we've talked about on this uh, podcast before. Cabot, Cabot and Forbes came forward with a large rezoning for uh, a district in the quadrangle. They wanted to build sort of a multi-use uh, project mostly labs and um, some residential housing. And they were gonna build a bridge uh, from one side of the tracks, the commuter rail tracks uh, to the other side onto Cambridge Park Drive. Um, it was an interesting project and um, it was the fourth time the petition had been put in to the city council and the planning board, but ultimately it failed on Monday night. I think most of us, most of us felt like it just was not ready to, to be approved uh, at this point. There were so many unknowns um, in so many ways. So the, uh, the petitioner has said that they are not going to file for a fifth time. Um, although I think most of the counselors on Monday night invited them to do so. And, um, you know, hopefully we would get to a point where, uh, you know, we could approve something that worked for everyone. It was a, it was a long conversation and a long process. And I want to thank the ordinance chairs, uh, counselors Carlone and McGovern for, for going through that grueling process. I know it's really hard to do that and then get to the end and have something fail, but we will see uh, what the future has in store for that district. It is kind of the last bastion in Cambridge for like really creating a neighborhood. And um, there was a long process through the envision process to talk about what we wanted there. And 
there were some key things there um, through the envision process around light industrial jobs and residential that just didn't come through through this petition. So uh, that did ultimately fail on Monday night for those of you who've been following along on that one. So that was that was kind of an yeah. interesting conversation. Yeah, that's so much time and energy to that. Uh, and it's over now. Uh, another order by Councillor Nolan was asking the city manager to work with DCR to, uh, I was a co-sponsor, to open Memorial Drive at Riverbend Park earlier this year than normal, usually at the end of April um, and for multiple days per week, as well as exploring, um, extending the road closure to the BU Bridge and beyond. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like dying for... <laughs> Memorial Drive to open up again. That was so nice to have both Saturday and Sunday um, mm -hmm. all summer long. So hopefully we'll get that back up and running. Another thing that we had, you and I had on the agenda for Monday night was um, this a policy order asking the city to look into a commercial composting pilot. This was a petition that was brought forward by a group, an organization called Cambridge Table to Farm. And they are advocating for the city of Cambridge to do a, a commercial composting pilot with a hundred small restaurants with uh, 50 employees or less. And so that was really, um, that's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. We, in 2014, the state put forward a um, commercial food waste ban, which was for organizations that were over 2000 pounds a week. They were, you know, throwing into the trash. They either had to, you know, to bring it to an anaerobic digester or compost it. Um, or pay a huge fine. <laughs> so Food for Free has actually been, you know, rescuing a lot of that food uh, since 2014. But one of the biggest places that um, is responsible for food waste and then thus methane gas emissions in landfills is restaurants. And you can't rescue that food because it's the stuff you didn't eat the other night at Tallulah that's just sitting on your plate and it goes right into the trash. So having a commercial composting pilot getting that um, food out of the waste stream and, you know, making sure that the greenhouse gas emissions go away and turning it into compost is just such a win for the city, such a great idea. And at the same time could support our small businesses who may want to compost, but find it price prohibitive. So that was a really, that was a good one that was on for Monday night. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that um, come to fruition. And, and the group, um, we for this week's agenda, we both attached the report and um, kind of a fact sheet and the report, you know, talks about the abstract says, you know, after three years of conducting um, research of the problem, the Cambridge Table to Farm, the Cambridge Business Association, the Cambridge Chamber of Commerce, 31 restaurants, um, you know, and, you know, over 300 signatories really came together to kind of, uh, to this point, to ask the city council um, to do this. So, you know, looking forward to seeing this happen and um, it's a it's a pretty detailed um, report. So definitely for um, residents, um, it's in our agenda for this week. Yeah, it was a really impressive group. You know, usually um, people don't come that organized and <laughs> they mm -hmm. don't come to you with like five years worth of research. Right. Uh, so it was really an exciting idea to get behind and, um, and, and champion on Monday night. So looking forward to that. Another thing that was on the agenda was something that Councillor Simmons had um, put in talking about asking the purchasing department to provide a report detailing the city's annual stationary expenditures and what percentage of that budget is spent at local retailers and whether that percentage can be increased 
during and after the COVID-19 crisis, really putting that focus on uh, shopping small, shopping local, even for the city. We have you know over $600 million uh, budget every single year. So making sure that we are spending that locally and um, uplifting and supporting our local small businesses. So that was on for the for Monday night. We also had um, this is this garnered a lot of public comment. There was a, a policy order and an ordinance on the agenda put forth by Councilor Jeevan Sobruno Wheeler, banning the use of tear gas by our police department. So we've had some spirited debate in the city council over banning the use of tear gas by the police department, who hasn't used it since the 70s and doesn't have any in its inventory. However, there's a really strong desire to ensure that the police department doesn't begin to use this chemical agent going forward. So uh, last Monday night, the city solicitor opined um, that the city council doesn't have jurisdiction over the weapons uh, that the police department uses, even though several neighboring communities are moving forward with their own ordinance. We were told last week by Commissioner Bard that the, the police department itself was coming up with its own policy banning tear gas and that once it was bargained through the two police unions, which takes around 60 days, the policy would be in place. And that policy was actually announced this week. Um, but concurrently on Monday night, Councillor Sabrina Wheeler introduced an ordinance language that would restrict the Cambridge Police Department's use of chemical crowd control agents like tear gas and kinetic impact projectiles like rubber bullets. So as, as we all saw over last summer, these sorts of materials are used across the country against protesters who are exercising their First Amendment rights. So this proposal now is moving into the ordinance committee where we can have a more robust conversation among the council members and with community members. So that was that was an that was uh, an interesting conversation on Monday night as well. Yeah, and we also then it was kind of I think the last policy order we discussed um, uh, regarding restaurant capacity limits and and so forth. So on March 1st, the city um, lifted percent capacity limits at our local restaurants following guidance from the state and um, the city manager's local advisory boards and public health department. And there was a policy order that was filed by um, Councilor John Events, Brenda Wheeler and Carlone asking the city manager to re-implement to re capacity restrictions to indoor dining. Um, and this was stated on the record, while the percent um, and I think you said it, uh, while the percent capacity limits were lifted, other public health regulations such as the mandatory six feet distance between tables weren't. So since our local restaurants tend to be small, most restaurants weren't um, actually able to serve more diners because of the regulations and the few um, larger restaurants, according to uh, inspection services, only increased capacity um, by adding a few tables. So there was also mentioned around looking at our, you know, wastewater data um, and not really seeing a spike there. Um, and the reality that there's, we still have testing. We haven't lifted anything else. Um, yeah, so that was something that we we all discussed. It was ultimately not supported by the, by, um, the council. Yeah, so that was the last sort of um, policy order that we discussed and then, um, you had, you had a couple of communications in from the school committee around some of the updates from DESE um, and in-person learning, which is going to be expanded uh, for K to fifth grade, uh, you know, five days instructions uh, in person by April 1st. And then the middle school- April 5th. April 5th, 5th or 6th? 5th. 
Fifth, okay. And then um, the middle schools will be five days instruction or in-person instruction by April 28th. And then there's no word yet about the high school, although we, we do hear that it is coming soon and that the high schools will have at least at least two weeks to implement um, any of the changes that Desi puts forward. So I'm assuming that this has thrown everybody into a complete tizzy because um, we just, just, just got everybody back into school on April or March 1st um, at the high school and the middle school level. So it's like you said, everything changes every single day. Yeah, it's been very, I feel for our everyone involved <laughs> in the effort. Um, you know, obviously I'm not you know, in the day to day, but our principals, our educators are and our families are. And I wish the state had at least, you know, January would have been nice. <laughs> Like, like the, getting it now. And, you know, I sat in our conversation with mayors with Commissioner Riley and he honestly was like, he just, it was just this tone of like, no, this is the time, you know, it doesn't matter that there's only a few months left. He was just, he went on and on and didn't really care about all the logistical, the operational challenges. In my view, he was just very much, um, you know, like I, it was like, I don't care, you know, like, yes, it's soon, but you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. It was just so like, oh my gosh, it, you know, it's, it's so frustrating not to have that. Um, like I, I personally, I'm like, look, I get, we need to have kids in school. Um, we're, we're, we had the March 1st deadline. There was a lot of work that put up, was put in. It would just, the, the time that they're giving school districts to do this. It's, it's just, it, it really um, it's ruins relationships and trust, you know, and exacerbates already um, really fragile relationships in the first place because it's been such a difficult year, you know? Yeah, and I feel like Desi was the one who, by not stepping up earlier right. on, Right, created these fragile relationships because they didn't take responsibility. They didn't provide any guidance. They really kind of just stepped back and was like, okay, everybody figure it out. And now they're like taking control. And um, it's just mm -hmm. like a really like, thanks. Thanks for coming guys. Yeah, exactly. Thanks and they're like, coming. no, no waivers, you know, no, you don't get a waiver, you know, like it's just, yeah. It, is really unfair um but ah, as always you know i think we're we're moving along and we had a school committee meeting on tuesday and um we have other you know we're also working on the superintendent search so okay. i have a 9 a.m meeting tomorrow yeah yay saturday, saturday 9 a.m um but yeah it's non-stop non-stop well um i look forward to some updates there i'm i'm like really curious whether or not this is all going to come together. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my daughter's like, I get to go to school all the time on the 28th. I'm like, I, you know, maybe, maybe I would just like temper your enthusiasm like a tiny bit. <laughs> I mean, the good news is I've talked to like a thousand teachers this week and um, everyone seems to have either gotten their first shot or they have their first appointment. Um, yep. So that's great news that um, actually the president <laughs> stepped in and made sure that educators um, had access to the vaccine. So, Absolutely. yeah. And I know that a lot of people that didn't um, respond to 
to bring their kids back on April or March 1st are now like, they want their kids to go back on April 1st or April 28th. So I think- April 5th. Sorry, April. (laughs) I don't know why I have April. It's like April Fool's Day. (laughs) But there was a lot more parents that are sending their kids back. Um, So that's another additional um, hurdle that I think the school district is gonna probably surprised about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we had put in a promotion of like, you know, we're going to really think fast when we're going to be getting uh, as things approach with vaccination and approach with, uh, you know, new changes to think about how we're going to um, expand in person. But I didn't think it was going to be like literally a month later, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think, there are people who are just feeling much better, which is good. I think some families who had a lot of questions um, beforehand or didn't um, want to be in person because of their own family. I've talked to some residents at like Fresh Pond Apartment, Irving Jaff, for example, they're like, oh, well, everyone's been vaccinated. So I feel they feel much safer. They're like, I'm going to send my kid back because it's, they just feel much better. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll still see it. You know, we, we have remote for a reason. You know, we want to give that option 100% for whatever reason, you know, there's still the remote will work best for some families. So um, we still will have to have remote. So we still have to have, te- you know, teachers will have to be remote, you know, so it's this whole, it's a lot of challenges, but hopefully we'll figure it out. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Given that it's not April 1st, it's April 5th. Yeah. <laughs> Four extra days. Exactly. Um, okay, so some fun stuff that's going on this weekend. Tonight, Friday night, is the Do It Your Damn Self Youth Film Festival put on by the Community Arts Center. That's at 6 p.m. this evening. If you've never gone, it's so great because it's all these kids that do these amazing videos. Um, and you can't you can't even believe that they're just in high school. Um, I'm impressed every single year and the community art center does such a great job with our, especially around, you know, workforce development and in media. And um, one of Toby's really good friends is um, his submission is in the do it your damn self tonight. And uh, Toby was actually helped him do a lot of the B roll for it. So I'm excited. Oh. to see it. Yeah. I've never seen the full video. I was, I just saw them. It's a, it's about starlight square. Oh my God. Amazing. I'm going to try to join. Yeah, house. you should definitely go there. They have a Q&A with the, with the filmmakers after and it's super cute. You feel like you're like at like youth con or something. It's just so that's cute. Awesome. Yeah. So that's tonight at six o'clock. Join us. Definitely come. And tomorrow at 10 a.m. After my I <laughs> I was say. school committee meeting, nine to 10. You're going to need um, it. It's yoga with the mayor, uh, and I'm blanking on who it's with because I'm horrible. It's with Marlene. Um, uh, I forget her last name. Um, I'm blanking. Do you remember? <laughs> this is a great podcast. I know it's so. Fr- I, I have it. One sec. One sec, listeners. One sec. I just so it, it's online. It's not in person. It's online. It's all virtual. Um, no one wants to see you, me doing yoga. Oh, so um, we're going to watch her do the yoga and you're going to just be. I'm not. Yeah. 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 It's not really. With, I mean, I'll be there. I'll say a little hi to everyone. Um, Marlene uh, Boyette. She's the founder of uh, Lila Yoga and Wellness. And so she is going to be doing one hour 
uh, a free virtual session. So bring your friends, bring yourself. Um, I will be welcoming everyone. And I don't have yoga gear, but I will be there. Um, well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to doing a little yoga. I just briefly before we wrap up and speaking of <laughs> yoga with the mayor, we, uh, my daughter and I watched the RGB, RBG yes. um, documentary this week about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And um, it was so funny because it was, you know, it was you and the women's uh, commission that put it together. And we weren't expecting you to come on the screen in the beginning. Yeah. And my daughter was like, oh, <laughs> fumble. <laughs> like you're a celebrity, it was so funny. Um, so she was really excited to see you uh, and and her personal hero, Shiro, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, she had a report, right? She's in the middle of doing her like seventh grade report on like, uh, you get to pick a character, you know, a character, awesome. you get to pick someone um, who you admire and then you do a deep dive on them. So I was reminded that, you know, was it two years ago that you and I um, took all the women of City Hall to no, go be... it was three years ago. Three years ago, because yeah. Remember I was in my um. Oh, that's right. You had just broken your ankle. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's three years ago. Yeah. So we we took everyone, <laughs> took all the women in City Hall to go uh, see the documentary at the Kendall Square Theater. That was a really fun afternoon. So inspiring. We oh. love her. But um, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> we were like. <gasps> I know her. <laughs> My little message. TV. <laughs> Just yeah, wait till she sees George Clooney this weekend at Black Sheep Bagels. <laughs> Camping out. Literally, after this, I'm going home. Um, and I'm going putting to some makeup on. Drive. Um, no makeup. I'm going to drive. And I can just wear my mask. I'm going to literally walk <laughs> and see if I can see any of the filming and see if I can, like, see George Clooney. Like, I would love, I just, it would be nice to meet a celebrity this weekend to cheer me up, you know? Totally. And if you do, you need to get a selfie. hundred percent. Because I really need to see that. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm a bear. <laughs> hey. Oh, hi. 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 And she's going to be like, well, who are you? You should go over there and just say you're like just checking everything out, right? Like just. Oh my God, that's a great idea. Right. Like I'm just like making sure everything's cool. I'm the mayor. Is everything going? Yes. Around? Is everything you need? Yes. Great yes. idea. You got to use this to meet George Clooney. I'm going to whip out my cards. Yes. I'm going to grab some cards right now. Just give I'm them just to people it. on your way in. <laughs> Cameo. Can I be an extra? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I've always wanted to really be an actress. Honestly, that's what I've always wanted to do, but couldn't really make it. Um, so this may be my chance. You could be like a cameo or a walk-on or something, an extra. Oh my God, I, that, I really want to be an extra. Okay, okay, I'll report back to everyone. Definitely, I got to hear all about this. All, all right, right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you love this podcast, please tell your friends, um, spread the word. We do it very intermittently, but when we do, it's, it's fun and informative. Um, and if you have questions for us, you can tweet at us. I'm at am. M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at Mayor Siddiqui. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. Wear those masks. Socially distanced. We still got a pandemic out there, but um, take care of yourselves. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you soon.
Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.